You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, man, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt with my main man, OJ McDuffie. Juice, how we feeling this morning? What's up, Big Seth? Everything is lovely. DJ Priest, you feeling good? I'm feeling good, man. How are you? I'm great. So, Juice, we are stepping into uncharted waters here in the tank. Yes. You know, every, every guest that has been in the tank has played for the Dolphins, has worked for the Dolphins, uh, has covered the Dolphins. But we're, we're uh, I guess some might say enemy territory. I don't look at it that way because I love this guy. But uh, we are bringing in none other than Bart Scott, former Jet, former Raven, and a guy who said a whole lot of shit <laughs> during that time and currently now in his role as a media personality. Yeah, Bart, he, he's covered some Dolphins too, Seth. He's covered some Dolphins too. Yeah, he's covered some Dolphins. You're right. That's a good point. In, <laughs> in a whole other way, he's covered some Dolphins. Bart, how you feeling, man? I feel good, man. I'm glad we can get security clearance, man. I can be over. I don't know if I'm the Sith Lord or I'm the Jedi, but I'm glad to be <laughs> on Fish Tank today with you guys, man. It's been real, man. Thank you for giving me an excuse to have a life in the midst of this pandemic. Yo, you oh, just man. like... uh it's like, the, what, what's, what's the movie with uh, Will Smith when all he had was a German Shepherd? That's kind of how oh, I feel right now. I am legend. Yeah. Yeah, I am legend. I feel like I am legend around here, man. So, And that's interesting, too, because you don't know if he was really the good guy or the bad guy. So it's kind of like what you're talking about. I see what you're doing. That's kind of deep, Bart. You know what I'm saying? Every once in a while, I get philosophical in this thing. I you know, read a book <laughs> or two, and I feel like I get in my feelings and stuff. I feel like I'm next-level intellectual until I realize that, you know, everybody else read that book a long time ago. <laughs> You're late to the party. Well, hey, man, I know that you guys are, you know, up in Jersey and, and, and New York area. You're dealing with a lot right now with the storm. And, and, and uh, we tried to make this thing happen yesterday. Um, Juice Bart was probably, I don't even want to know what kind of type of safety rules and violations were happening there in the car. Oh, yeah. uh, and we couldn't get it done. And what's Yeah, that? they probably mailed me in five citations, you know what I'm saying? You know, New York, they got all these cameras everywhere. So they probably, I probably got some tickets in the mail for what I was doing. Oh, that is not built into our budget either. But you, you look stationary now, uh, not necessarily in the studio that you expected to be in, but we appreciate you making it work, man. I don't even know where I'm at, man. I don't even understand my surroundings, bro. I mean, just to get, just to get the audience a little panoramic view, you know what I'm saying? I'll act like I have a jib or something like that. Bam, check that out. I'm in enemy, enemy territory for you, too. Yes. You're a UPS guy. You know what I'm yes. saying? I'm sitting up here in, in, in the back room of FedEx where they take the people that steal you know what I'm saying? But I ain't still nothing. They allowed me to use sure? the facilities. You know what I'm saying? You, you sure you not, didn't oh, tell not them yet, that? Not yet. Not yet. Hey, but that's where they take you, too. So if you go in and make color copies, but you tell them you made black and white and you try and oh, yeah. save that 90 cents per copy, they bring you in that back room. Oh, yeah. They take you back here like shoe program, 24-hour lockdown. You know what I'm saying? I might see if I can get some of this smart water and some of this. It look like this is where they restock all their things that they sell. You know what I'm saying? I might, I might get some chips, get some monsters or something. Swedish fish or something over there too. Yeah, for sure. But we appreciate you going through all the hurdles and making it work. So before we get too deep into it, Juice, I, I have to say, and you know from playing in Jason's golf tournament over the years, Juice, that Bart was a guy that would come in from out of town for a long time. And, and we loved having him. But I, I have there is no celebrity participant in that event who was more reliable but scared the shit out of me more. So we'd have to book flights, and Preach knows this. We'd book flights, and I couldn't reach Bart. He's 
say I'm good, but then I couldn't reach him. I couldn't book a flight. If I did book a flight, I'd send a limo guy to pick him up. He wouldn't be there. And next thing you know, he'd be at the pool at the Hard Rock. Like he, <laughs> he was so self-sufficient. He's like, you ain't got to worry about me. I got a car. I'm good. He'd book his own flight. He didn't mind JetBlue. So I appreciate all that, man. Hey, man, JetBlue, everybody's first class, man. Listen, I'm low maintenance, <laughs> man. I'm an undrafted rookie. I was an undrafted free agent, man, $500. I don't need all that glitz and glass, man. All I need is a destination and a valid hall pass to get away from my wife for five days. And I'm good. I'll find it. I, I'll, hey, I'll be like Forrest Gump, man. I'll be running and I'll get there. Don't even worry about me, bro. If I say I'm there, I'm there. We Gucci. That's exactly every we go through this. And after the second year, I realize it because, you know, we get ready to tee off at nine o'clock and it's 850 and I'm looking for Barb. And then he'd show up and he'd say, hey, man, I'm good. I just need a pair of shoes. He'd go to the pro shop. He'd grab the shoes, dump in the cart and he'd be great, man. It was it was hey, just kind of standard. Dub, dub know how it is. Dub know how it is before, before, before you get to the to the to the meeting everybody's like man man it's time to get to the meeting you gotta hurry up man dudes will go into the cafeteria place an order eat a sandwich walk in with 10 seconds to spare it's a science that happens man you really understand when you live it when you where every day of your life is kind of mapped out for you and to people telling you where you got to be you know what 10 seconds really is you know what 30 seconds really is i can eat a sandwich digest it drink a Gatorade, and sit down before Coach walks through the front to address us for the team meeting, baby. Our whole life's about a clock, man. Every, everything's about a clock. All the way till the zeros hit, no matter what. You're never disappointed. So let, let's, <laughs> let's jump into it, man. And, and we will eventually get to you wearing that nasty green and white, but, but we really should start at the beginning. So you mentioned it. Uh, you weren't drafted, but ended up having a hell of a career with the Ravens. Spent the first seven years of your career there. And now I did a little research. You know, the old PR guy and me did a little research. I didn't have to call Chad Steele or anything, but I didn't. And it looked like you personally, I think the Ravens during your seven years played Miami five times during your career, but I think you might have missed one of those games. So it looks like you played in four regular season games against the Dolphins. But you only won one of them. You only won one of them. But then when shit turned only to the one. When it got real. In regular season. In regular okay, season. Okay. <laughs> when shit turned into the postseason, it was kind of like men against boys. So, what, like, what was going on there? Why were the Ravens such a tough matchup for, for the Dolphins of that era? Well, in the playoffs, it's different, right? You know, playoff mode, you know, we had a veteran team. We had a team that kind of had a lot of, you know, Hall of Famers on it. We kind of understand how to set the tempo when it's time for a playoff time. Yeah. But I tell you what, man, you talk about Seattle Seahawks, you talk about their 12th man, nobody has a greater 12th man than the Miami Dolphins. Really? South Beach is undefeated. <laughs> South Beach is undefeated, bro. It is hard to focus when you leave in Baltimore and you go down to the Sunshine State, man. You got distractions all over the place. You planted it out. We know how it is. Guys already have their, have their. Listen, I've never seen more people with more static to go to a strip club uh, before before nightfall than any other place in the world, man. Like, listen, if I get listen, if I can run to the strip club, have some fun, spend some bread, you know, come back go to the team meeting, and go back to the strip club. For a bed check. Hey, so you like, just keep my tab open? Keep my tab open, I'll be back. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Somebody sit down and say, you leaving big dog? No, bro, that's my seat. It's like it's like Kings of Comedy. Like, you know what I'm saying? How 
how you say, like, black people, we don't come yeah. from the hope uh, place. I don't hope, oh, my God, I hope nobody took my, my table. Wish my we wish. We wish. We, may, we wish when we come back from the strip club that somebody sat in our seat. Oh, you're going to kick in on this tab, bro. Oh, yeah, I got 10 bottles. You're you, you going to kick in on that. If you sat down, then you're responsible for what I bought at this table, too. You part of us. No, come on back. Don't leave. Come on back. Put that card in here, man. We playing credit card roulette when it's over with to see who paying for this thing. And guess what? You just got included. <laughs> hey, hey, Bart, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's been the 12th man for our team, too. Six days a week. Six days a week. <laughs> it was only one day a week for you, huh? You only had to worry about one day. We had it six, seven days a week down here. And, and that's what I'm saying, man. It takes extreme focus. I remember, see, people don't realize this. I was supposed to be a Dolphin, right? So when I became a free agent from the Ravens, you know, I had Miami, I had the Giants, I had Kansas City, I had Detroit, I had Baltimore. Everybody wanted me back. So I was like, hey, babe, what do you think about going down to Miami? I was like, hey, you know, um, it's no, it's no, it's no uh, state taxes. We'll get more of our bread. She's like, you know what? She's like, hey, babe, if you want to go down to Miami, we might as well just get divorced right now. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. She's a smart woman. <laughs> She's a smart yeah, one. Like, that's the only place you can go. What's that place y'all got? Uh, Polo Tropical. What's that? Polo yeah. Tropical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the only place in the country where you can go there, man. You can find a dime. Like, you know what, baby? Come on now. You you, you retired. Come on out. Come on out. No, you don't even got work. Come on. Retired. Come on. You, 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 no more slinging chicken. No more slinging yeah. chicken. I no, got no, you. Hey, so the girl yeah, who's you know cutting what? the chicken in the back, you're going to put on scholarship. She's like. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, no. Hey, you only. Well. Listen, you don't go all in. Listen, I, I was never that far. Yeah, I put him on a book scholarship. Not room and board. I get you on that book scholarship, baby. You good. You ain't so got a choppy chop. A choppy chop and a wife. You just, you walk in the point out of here with a choppy chop and a wife. Yo, 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 you do not have you do not have to copy and paste and print out books and copy um your classmates root. You good. You're gonna have the leather back, baby. Hard copy. You good. Hard copy. You got the top of the line books. You good, baby. And a book bag coming with it. A Jan Sport. Ain't gonna be no good one. You're gonna get that Jan Sport. Good backpack. So so but I'm curious. Because in in the NBA, you know, we've seen that where guys are in town for two, three days, and certainly the nightlife can can take over in a heartbeat. But in the NFL, certain coaches aren't letting you out of the hotel. Uh, it sounds to me like you guys were, were at least, well, m- maybe you weren't. I don't know. Were you? Did you have the freedom to leave and just be back by curfew, or were you guys just doing what the hell you wanted to do? Listen, listen. You know, we understood in Baltimore the inmates ran the asylum, man. And then when we went to New York, you know, it was the same thing. You know, it was like, you know, as long as you come out here with that action, it's all good, boss. As long as you give me what we want, hell, the yeah. coaches was out having a good time, too. I mean, you're leaving a, a, a damn winter storm, and you're coming back, and of course you're going to have a little fun. But, you know, you got to think, Samari, Ray Lewis, Every, they lived there. So yeah. They were going back home. You know what I'm saying? It was probably hammer time for them. They probably had work waiting for them at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. So we know the true 12th man. We should embrace that more, Juice. Listen, yeah. listen, listen, listen. And this thing, even Superman himself, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, is not immune to it. When the Patriots come down there, no matter how great they are, always <laughs> struggling. That, you know, fair always point. Always struggling the Sunshine State. That's a fair they point. They're coming from New England. I mean, they may see a couple of K-Birdies up there, but they ain't seeing all that action. They ain't seen no melon like that. No. They ain't seen no tone. They ain't seen no bronzing like that. They come down there and lose their damn mind. Like, I don't care what Bill say. Yeah. Hey, Bill, guess what? Guess what? We in the weak division. We going to win it anyway. We going to have a great time today. <laughs> but, you know, so you want to get back to the, to the uh, rivalry and all that stuff, but that's why we were always struggling down there. And always, you know what I'm saying, you had to load up on your pickle juice. You know what I mean? You just think that you coming from an environment where it's cold, you got wind chill, and then you go here, man, and you, you, you damn near 
like frying like a piece of bacon. And what y'all yes. do is y'all make sure that we have to wear the high jersey. That's right. That's on the other side. That's right. All the fat guys, like they out there sizzling like bacon. Like I can't catch my breath. Y'all over there in the shade. Y'all over there feeling good because y'all been laying out. You know what I'm saying? You know how it is, like that first cold day of the fall or that first hot day of the spring. You got to adjust to it, man. It was hard to adjust, man. It's an unfair advantage. They should force y'all to make a dome and make sure y'all have a sliding roof. You guys should have the number one advantage, not only about South Beach, but because of the elements, because the half of the people that come there are coming from a place cold in November, December, and and y'all should be able to jump out, no huddle, and be able to get it. But the great thing is y'all always had incompetent coaches. (laughs) (laughs) That's a matter of perspective as far as that being great. Right. No comment. No comment. <laughs> if this was a pre-Dolphins podcast network, we might have a different level of conversation here. Bart, let's, hey, Bart, let's, it's let's, all fun. They know we're just having fun. They that's it. This is entertaining, man. We're trying to get clicks. We're just trying to get clicks, Dolphin Nation. Don't that's be it. taking it so serious. Uh, you know, some, to get some, a shit from Hard Rock. Hey, something we did take serious is 2008 season, man. You know, when you guys actually had us twice that year. But that was the year where you brought out the Wildcat, you know. And we saw, the, you know, how the fans went up in New England and what they did to those guys. And you know, we've never seen anything like that. And we beat them like that. But, you know, what did you guys think of that new offense when you saw it? I mean, you guys were stacked well, in your uh, position, linebackers. How do you guys feel about the Wildcat? Well, I mean, first of all, whenever you got Ricky Williams in anything, I mean, him with a head start, you try to be flat-footed and catch up with them. It was all about deception. But the thing is, you know, us having Rex Ryan, he was a guy that, you know, think about his 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 encyclopedia, encyclopedia of information from every type of offense. And the fact that it was an older offense that had been created a long time ago that the, maybe the rest of the league hadn't really seen. You know, Rex just dialed up some of the concepts from his dad because he can call his dad and remember and break it down for what it really is. And what it really was was just an option, and, but really it was a power running game. It was just disguised with a lot of things that was designed to really fool your eyes. You have to break it down. Who's in motion? What's the formation? And what's the three plays that they can do? Because it has three options off of it. But what, what, what we always took advantage of was the fact that, okay, we understood that Ronnie Brown's back there. That makes it 11 on 11, right? So that makes it 11 on 11, but also he can't throw the football. So it allowed us not to really worry about a safety component of it because we knew he wasn't accurate running the football. But, you know, what really what football is all about, it's about awareness and understanding about how you're being attacked and what the philosophy is. We understood what the philosophy was. No matter what it was with all the smoke and mirrors, the motions, the shifts, the pulling, what it basically was was a power running game designed to fool your eyes to force you to be able to stand still. It basically was an outside run zone and an inside zone. And depending on who was in certain positions, it made you realize what the concepts were. So that's what we had to recognize, that, you know, first of all. Secondly, Rex went back to Buddy, and he, he, he went back to some – basically what this was was like a wing T form of an option, right? And it forced you to play 11 on 11. But the thing was, because Ronnie couldn't throw, you know, accurately, we, we can could, we could kind of hedge our bet that if he did throw once or twice, as long as we had kind of like some type of semblance of somebody in the area – that we can make the play, especially when you had the greatest ball hawk of all times with Ed Reed back there, right. making sure that he made everybody right. So what we what we did is we made sure no matter what, that our perimeters and our edges was always set. And then we understood that where the motion was coming, you guys were just basically trying to outflank us. So no matter what, we had a, we had a defense called Flipper and Dolphin, right? And what happened is we understood that we couldn't give you guys the same dose 
uh, like the same thing because y'all would figure out the blocking scheme and change it up. So we had a certain automatic blitz to a certain formation to a certain personnel grouping. So we understood that, you know, you know, for the most part, you know, one was going to be a power with extra puller, with maybe Ricky getting to the perimeter, kicking somebody out or, or coming down. And it basically turned to Ronnie Brown being 11 on 11. What people don't realize when you play against a, t- a team, the quarterback is really obsolete. He doesn't matter because once he hands the ball off, he's dead. So what happens is it's basically 10 against 11, and the defender always has a free person. So you're always going to have a guy in case somebody misses. You're going to have somebody that can be the extra guy, the free hitter. But when you have 11 on 11, when you have the wildcat, then now one guy gets cut off and you decide not to block a backside guy, and you gain advance by getting yourself an extra guy, say by pulling a guy, you let a guy, the, the, the right side defensive end, the right side safety go, you're essentially now you have 11 on 8. And if somebody gets cut off and somebody can't get over the top and make a play, then everybody has to beat their one-on-one matchup. Then now you have big explosive plays. So what we always try to do is change the math. If Ricky was coming in this motion, we knew that nobody flat-footed can get there. So what we wanted to make sure instead of chasing from inside out from linebackers, make sure that we were always having power outside in. That way we had the, we had the ability to make sure that the Dolphins couldn't cut the defense. When we say cut the defense, that means you take a line here and make this side of the defense obsolete, and then this side of the defense you isolate, and then God's got to make heroic plays. What happens is if you keep doing that over and over again, eventually all it takes is you can stop it 10 times. All it takes is 11 times for right. you to, to for you to break it, and you're always mm-hmm. going to be on schedule. So you're always going to be getting three yards, four yards, but those are first downs. And then eventually you break down, you get discouraged, and somebody try and play hero ball and lose the integrity of the defense, and then there's the biggest explosive. The problem with that is if you don't have a good defense on the other side, and I think that you know the Dolphins' defense during those years wasn't given the credit that they deserve because if you go up by two scores, you got to come out of the, the wildcat because now it takes time to kind of matriculate or move the ball down the field slowly. So what we always did, we had Dolphin Flipper where basically it was an automatic blitz. So, like, what it means is instead of, you know, coming down, say, like, uh, we had Dolphin. Dolphin means that you're taking the dive immediately, the defensive end, coming down flat, and then the linebacker automatically is going to free straight and widen his alignment so that he's going to be able to replace the, the wide guy, you know, outside in case they hand it to Ricky. Then, you know, if we go flipper, it's the reverse. The defensive end is going to get up the field. The inside linebacker is going to stay inside out, and we have a safety inserting. So that way we have Ricky or we have the free runner. We have them inside pursuit, outside pursuit. We're still maintaining that somebody's going to be able to have Ricky if he's handed the ball. And then what happens is we continue to mix it up so they can never really realize what we did until they break it down on Monday. We always had this running joke that, you know what I mean, they'll figure it out on Monday, right? right? And, and really what, you know, what that defense was all about was making you guess. Well, we didn't like being dictated to in a Rex Ryan defense. We said, listen, we're not about to sit here and read and react. We're about to make you react to us. So we just automatically blitz stuff. And it was funny because we – and another thing, like even when Chad Pennon there, we knew that he wasn't running. So then that's a different iteration of, of the Wildcat. And we knew that we love Chad. We love uh, Chad to death, right, because he's still a member of the, uh, of the Jets nation. And he tells all these, you know, he comes in, he teaches, and he's still around. But we knew – we called what, – what Chad had, we called him – we say he threw a big ball. And when we say he got he threw a big ball, that means that ball was heavy as hell because his arm was so damn weak that you because because of the surgery that we knew 
we can see the we can see the ball spinning. That's how slow the damn ball spit. You count the rotations. Yeah, it's like one Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi. Yep, <laughs> ain't there yet. Go ahead and pick that, Ed. So what oh, we used to do man. is what we used to do against him is we would pack the boundary with coverage. We put all our coverage to the boundary because guess what? If you throw a big ball, what's the hardest throw, Duff? The hardest throw is the fifteen yard out. That's right. Because because it's fifteen yards, but it's like fifty yards in the air. Because you got to account for the for the distance down the field and the width of the field. The width of the field. If you're on the left hash, you 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 thinking like we all we all run the, the gases where we have to kind of, we kind of jog and then we sprint in between the hashes. That's probably from from the left hash to the sideline. It's probably forty yards. So that's you know, or let's say thirty because 30 fifty three yards, yards yeah. wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's thirty yards plus fifteen down. That's forty five yards. You got to have a cannon for 15 <laughs> yards. So we say this dude got a, a, a noodle. This dude got a Dillinger. He got the he, you know he got the gun that uh that uh, Eddie Murphy pulled out on Vera on, on Harlem Nights <laughs> you know, to shoot the pinky toe. You know what I'm saying? We knew we knew, we know we know he ain't had no bazooka. He had no Carson Palmer. He didn't have a Flacco. He didn't have a Brady Arm. You know, because of the injuries. So what we would do is we would pack all the coverage and say, okay, if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna throw this 15 yard out against our lockdown corners. And if that ball is inaccurate, if it's inside just a little bit, if it's off target just a little bit, we're going to be hitting our head on the goalpost. So we always packed it. So we knew our personnel. We knew what we were dealing with. And so when we went down to play, we was like, all right, we know they've been kicking everybody else's ass, but we about to shock the world today, baby. We about to show them what time it is. We got a plan for this. And one time I hit Chad, I thought I killed him. Yeah, I thought I knew for, for a fact that a flag was coming. But, you know, God bless Chad Hart. He didn't have enough Pro Bowls to get that flag. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real talk right there. That's oh, real that's talk. So I took the extra step. So I took the extra step. You know what Chad did. <laughs> you had disputed on that on that on the game. You'd have, you'd have been upset if they'd have called it on you, right? Oh, yeah. I would say, man, that's Chad Pennington, man. <laughs> damn real. Man, Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan, get, Dan get that call. Listen, Vic don't get that call because people feel sorry for, for, for the defenders, because if you hit Vic, man, that's a feat in itself. If you hit Cam, they don't protect Cam. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe Russell gets that call. Like, in, in today's era, a lot of guys aren't qualified to get that call. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, I knew at that point that Chad wasn't getting that call. You know what I mean? So, I was like, you know what? Let me give me a highlight tape. But, you know, when you win, you know, the next week they do all the highlights. I was like, man, I'm going to get this one. I already ran 11 yards. What's, what's 12? <laughs> know your personnel. He, I love it. He, he, yo, he laid there like this, and I heard him go, ugh. I was like, oops. <laughs> I tried to check the ref. Bro, look, stay complete. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> try, try to track him. You don't want to look like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, Chad was laying down there, and he tried, he tried to pull that banana and tailpipe, too. He was, trying, he was trying to act it out, too, a little bit more. Like, you weren't that hurt. It was like, it was like boo, 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 boo. Rich dude, motherfucker. <laughs> First of the month. Don't be pulling that falling down the stairs yeah. shit, Chad. You conscious, motherfucker. Get up. Oh, see, that's the stuff we don't hear, Juice. Now we I know. know. It's, really I know. it's great side. Great and, and I appreciate you breaking down that defense on the Wildcat. I think Travis uh, on drive time is probably going to go nuts and go pull some film and watch all that. Right. Was, we don't normally get that deep it. in the X's and O's. That was, it was really good. Let's back up a year. Let's back up one year to 2007. So 07 okay. was the absolute low point in, in this franchise's history, okay? We start off thirteen, finish the year 1-15. and 15. You know, it, it's just a horrible season that we don't like to relive. But since you are here. Cameron Zero. What's his name? was that one game. Cameron Zero. <laughs> what's the dude? What's the dude? What's the, what's the dude? Uh, 
Yeah, Camarillo. Camarillo, yeah. man. Camarillo. That was some great Camarillo. So let's talk about that, man. So for a lot of reasons, that had to be a frustrating thing to me, I'd imagine. But I, what I'm curious about is, number one, as like a, as a defensive player, when you see that you know, you're playing this team that's 0-13. You've got the ball. I think it was Jamal Lewis in the, in the backfield, and you've got the ball on the one-yard line there. You know, how much were you – how pissed off were you that you guys didn't go for it on fourth down? Crazy, man, because, like, first of all, we weren't going nowhere anyway, so who cares? You know right. what I mean? But you don't really want to give a team that don't want to go down in the history books. I mean, I think the Lions – I don't know if it was the Dan Orlowski Lions Lions came out afterwards, no. So you're you're absolutely right. That was they did not want to be that team. That was Brian Billick's last year too, man. It was like, man, like he had he had to go after that. You know, like why not go for it for it now? Like who cares? It's the Dolphins. Like you know, when you when neither team are going anywhere and the U-Hauls are already packed. You know what I'm saying? Everybody right. got the pies in the front yard. <laughs> like what the hell? Like why do we have to stay out here any longer than we have to? Go for it on fourth down. Let's get the hell up out of here and let's go, man. Right. Like it, like this was a team that didn't want to be embarrassed by, you know, being an O for whatever team. You know, you know, could, could you imagine if that would have happened? The Dolphins would have been on both ends of the spectrum. Been yeah. a team, only team go undefeated, the only team to never win a game. Like There's nobody wants to be in the history book for that. That yeah. was, yeah, so, that was the mean? talk all year long. Yeah, that was, that was the talk. And it was like, man, and then your win comes against a credible organization. It's different if, like, you, like your win came against the Cleveland Browns or came against that time the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> came against the Baltimore Ravens, man. Disrespectful, man. Like, that's what happens when you underestimate an opponent. And it was like one of those things. It was the 12th, it was the 12th man again. You know, guys coming out, they were, they, were, they were lethargic. What happens is when you have a team that's desperate, that has their backs against the wall, and coming out and playing with extra effort and you kind of went through the motions all week, you know, that's what happened. You let them hang around long enough, they believe that they can win. And yeah. that's what we did. Instead of putting them away and kind of, you know, putting that doubt in their head early, you know, that's what happens when, when sometimes you have teams that lose focus. And that's, that's really what happened. And listen, Camazero, you know, Ed Reed, I remember the play. I think I was supposed to be taking a slant. He told me to take the blitz or something. He tried to jump us. Uh, he tried to jump the slant. And Ed Reed, he's so damn good. He's so damn smart. He jumped it early. So he jumped the slant, <laughs> the three-step, and then he threw it behind. Like, five and then he's like, where the hell is Ed? The slant, this dude ran for like, what? It, it was like, what, 40 yards? Oh, it was longer than that. Yeah, longer than that. Yeah, we got, you know, Camazero ran one of these lazy-ass routes. You know, Ed Reed ran it 25 minutes early. You know, he jumped it. And next thing you know, you're watching this dude kick it, hit his head on the goalpost. And what was more disrespectful is the dude was slow as hell. The fact that we – couldn't nobody could walk him down from the back because we walked it out from the back of 70 yards, catch him at the 50. They going to be punting anyway. But you know what? I've never seen a team celebrate like they won the Super Bowl <laughs> for one of their first. I mean, I, did, I mean, they did, did they storm the field? I feel like confetti came down. The goalpost came down, everything. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I'm like, this is the issue. This is the issue with y'all. For, listen, this is the issue with the organization. You are celebrating one win. Like, I'm like, we like, come on, man. So what, like, what was that locker room like? So how did you – that locker room and that flight home, how are you guys feeling about yourselves? It's like when the Harlem Globetrotters lose to the Washington Generals. <laughs> oh, guess what? That shit never happens. But it was like one of those things. Uh, uh, wait a minute, though. You guys weren't actually, you know, Harlem Globetrotters at that point, Bart. You yeah, know yeah, we were, we were, yeah, we, yeah, we weren't the Harlem Globetrotters. But we, in our minds, we were. <laughs> but you felt like you were. 
In our minds, we was like, man, we better. That might have been the problem. That might have been why you had just lost to an 0-13 team. Well, I don't know if Chris McCollins was on the team, but if Chris McCollins was on the team still, I think he was still on the team at that point. Was Chris still on the team? Still, I, yeah. I don't know. Because you never knew. Because, you know, Chris could show up drunk, and you never knew, like, you know, what Chris was going to get. So, you know, we don't know how many people had. Yeah, we don't know how many people. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised he made it. Yeah, he likes golf, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> hey, yo, funny, funny, funny thing, man. I remember we playing. Listen, I ended up playing. I, I've known Brandon that was my whole life, right? You know, because he's from Detroit. I remember, I remember he came to the. He's like, man, I remember one time we played. Dog. Remember that game where, when I, where I ran a double move on Chris? He was like, man, I went to the sideline. I told coach, like, coach, man, that dude drunk. I can smell vodka on his breath. He's like, like run a double move. So Chris is the only teammate I ever played with that we had to assign somebody to make sure that he was up and that he was gonna come to practice. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and he was, he was he was on the team until the two, through two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh, he was a great player. Yeah, great. Yeah. Chris is a great player. Great player. You know what I'm saying? He would have been a Hall of Famer if he wouldn't. You know, saying if he would have had a, if he would have been just addicted to marijuana, he would have been a Hall of Famer. That says a lot. Yeah, that says a lot. It really does, man. I mean, he was he was six two, could run with the wind, physical at the point of attack, and when he wanted to be, he was the most dominant corner. You know that I've been around. I, I played with Revis as well. You know. He was Revis, but six two, right. two two seventeen. He was Champ Bailey. He was he was he was he was that type of talent. And he gave That's he crazy. gave you glimpses of it. I mean, I remember one year he shut down Tory Holt, uh, T.O., Chad. I'm trying to think of who, like he had a list. Of, like he went against the top receivers. I think nobody had over twenty yards though. Well, he wouldn't have made it down here too long, though, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Twelfth man down here with him. We got at him, Bart. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, alcohol and heat don't mix. <laughs> he, 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 he'd, have, he'd have been, he'd have been a walking, he'd have been a walking cramp. That's right. Six two two hundred down here. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'd have been one ninety five. Yeah. So Bart, you know, so you you leave Baltimore in 09 and you follow your buddy Rex Ryan to eat a goddamn snack with the Jets. You know. Oh yeah. I know, uh, you know, how we felt about you guys, but talk about the Dolphins just rivalry from, from your side of tracks. It was like, it's like one of those things, man. You know how somebody don't like you and they're so angry at you and you don't understand why? So, like, when we came down here, we had no idea until Jason told us how you guys saw that rivalry as, like, Super Bowl week. And it's like we were looking up at the Patriots as that same energy. But we didn't look at you guys like that. And you guys took it to a whole nother level. And it took us a while to realize that that's the level of hate and disdain that you have for us. And I still don't even know where it originates from. You know, 70s it, it and 80s. Somebody, 70s and 80s. You see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I didn't know that. So, like, when Jason came and said, guys, man, they post Jet Week up around the building. We, like, looking at, like, we got the Dolphins this week. And, like, <laughs> that rivalry was heated. And you can feel it sometimes from, like, you know how, like, you can tell that somebody must have said something bad about you in the meeting? Because they had gassed somebody up. Because I forget who it was. But y'all had somebody. He was like a little gnat. Like, bro. He's like, he was like Patrick Beverly. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, I felt, you know, it's like, where's all this hostility and energy coming from? I don't even know you. You ain't doing it today, Bart. It ain't going down like that today. You're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this dude? So, like, it, it, took, it took a while for us to kind of adjust to kind of what was going on. And then Ryan Tannehill was, like, something that added something on to that type of offense that you guys had because he was an athlete. You know, he's a, really a wide receiver playing quarterback because of what he did in college. So, he, had, he was more athletic. So, you couldn't get away with some of the sins that you used to get away with. But the Dolphins was always a tough matchup. You know, we always handily just beat the hell out of the Bills. 
and the Patriots, we would normally split for the most part. But the Dolphins, it was just tough, man. It's a different type of energy, man. Like, and we just sometimes we we matched it. Sometimes we had a great game plan. Sometimes it just didn't work out that well. You know what I mean? Because we never had a dominant offense all the time. I mean, I can remember even going back to the last one that I've ever played in. I mean, you got Santonio Holmes. We trying to go to the playoffs. And we got Santonio Holmes arguing with the offensive line in the huddle. We're like, man, what the hell is going on, man? It's something about that heat, man. People lose their damn mind. I don't know what's going on. but He was from was down here, rival. man. Yeah. Santonio's from the muck. He should have known better. Yeah. Luck yeah. I mean, it, it's a physical it's a physical rivalry. I mean, that's what I yeah. appreciate it. Because to me, quite frankly, like coming from the division with the Steelers, the uh, Browns, and even like the Bengals, those were physical teams built for Midwest-type football. And I, we, I come over to the to AFC East, and it's like soft, like finesse football, and everybody trying to be smarter than you and trick plays and throwing this and that. And I used to love the fact that when I went against the Dolphins, I can kind of have that feeling of being able to say, hey, my balls are bigger than yours. You know what I mean, it was like that. I mean, that's the kind of football that I like to play. You know I mean, I always hated going against the Andy Reid teams where they trying to do screens and shit. Like, man, come on, man. Let's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you're, you're a brawler and you want to brawl and this dude want to fight. You know what I mean? You want to dance. You got to try and cut him off. It's like, man, come on. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's football. Let's, let's do like, let's, let's be some tough guys. Let's see who got the bigger balls. He's like, nah, man, I know you are, but what am I? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'm too smart. I'm not going to get hurt, man. I got, I got to have a life after football. Like, hey, what the hell? All right, we playing one of these games. All right, Rex, we dial up the blitzes. These dudes don't want to, these dudes don't want to fight. Oh, okay. man. Well, that's an interesting perspective on the rivalry. I, I haven't heard that one. But you just yeah, mentioned cause, it. Because Tony Sperano was a tough guy. So he believed in tough guy stuff. You know what I mean? Guy rest his soul. He believed in tough guy stuff. So, yeah. like, I love that. Like, come on, man. All right. Did it? Was it? Was it Richie Incognito? Y'all had Richie, didn't y'all? Yes, we did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. With the whole bully gate. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I used to try and fight him all the time. Like I, ch- I one time I chased him into the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they had to grab me. I'll try. Well, he was in that Miami. Ride. No, he not was in Miami. Miami. He was, when he was in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Listen. So, he so what happened agent. that you had to he chase called, him into the locker room? He, you know, he'd be on that bullshit. Right, and this is one thing we can be on bullshit on the you know tough guy stuff. But when you start doing stuff, diving at my knees, stuff like that, then this ain't even about football. Like, no, right. I'm gonna see you. What's up? Like, straight up, what's up? You know what I mean? So I remember chasing him. Like, he, like I told him after the game, I was gonna kick his ass, right? And then so like, um, like he was on that tough guy stuff. So like afterwards, he thought I was playing. I swung on him. He ducked and he started running. I tried to chase him to the locker room where he was in Baltimore, <laughs> and his coaches and they and they all grabbed me. Then I tried to fight the the, uh, the Rams coaches. I say, because y'all coaching that shit, I'm about to whoop y'all ass too. And like, Bart, he's crazy. It's not on us. And I was like, yo, so like, so like, he called, he called, he called my agent, like, man, yo, what's up with Bart, man? Like, no, Bart gonna fuck you up on, on site. <laughs> on site. And they, I'm from Detroit. It's on site. You trying to I was take waiting for that line. Detroit part to come out. Oh, yeah. It was like, yo, on site, bro. Ain't even no words. It was gonna be some Levi Jones, uh, Joey Porter stuff, some peasy stuff. It was going down <laughs> like that. Like, whatever. It, man, it ain't gotta be no teammates around. I see you. I, listen, I see you at Applebee's. I'm kicking your ass <laughs> straight up. So he can be – I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No. I'm telling you. Listen, what's a goon to a goblin? What's a goon to a goblin? So he was that Mr. Tough Guy. He's that tough guy to everybody else. I don't go, fuck, I'll whoop your ass. Ricky, Ricky I'm telling you. He thought I, I'm telling you. On site, I was going to whoop that ass. Right. Let's it. hope he doesn't he have knew, to make any knew. copies today in New Jersey. Huh? <laughs> so let's hope he doesn't have to make any copies today in New Jersey or this whole podcast might fall apart. Oh, 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 oh. It's Keep the camera it's rolling, though. Hey, he go, yeah, he going to be around this bitch looking like he got cut up, you know, by, by a razor blade. 
You don't have a bunch of paper cuts. I'm gonna beat his ass with a with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a stack of with a, beat his ass with a stack of uh, copy paper. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, so you, you said you weren't <laughs> it's too good. You said you weren't as familiar with the rivalry until JT shared it with you. And so that, that's a perfect segue into my next question. Because you ended up playing uh, over the course of your career with with a handful of, of dolphins, some prominent dolphins, and, and certainly JT was was the most prominent of them all. What was that like? Because you and I, I know you guys got very close, obviously, just you know, from my work with the foundation, I saw how close you guys got. What was that like with JT? You had played, as you said, with with future Hall of Famers in Baltimore. Yeah. And, and did you know JT before that? And how did you guys bond so quick? I didn't because I was a scrub. You know what I'm saying? Like, you listen, <laughs> I understand. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wasn't invited to the rooms that JT was in. You know what I'm saying? He was up in the rooms with, with the Bruce Smiths, you know what I'm saying, the Jonathan Ogden, the Ray Lewis's, the Aaron. Yeah. Man, I was, I, was down, I was down there with the, with the, with the, with the dudes, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that they, they, they come through the front of the door. You know what I'm saying? I was down there with the scrubs. You know what I'm saying? Every once in a while, they let me up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it wasn't until it wasn't until 2006 when I took my career to the next level. I stopped being like a um, special teams guy where I I got up. Listen, most disrespectful shit ever happened in my life, man. I was playing special teams. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to find my way. Nobody really know who the hell I am. Yeah, so so I'm sitting I'm sitting there, man, and I'm uh I'm talking shit. I'm like I always do. My nickname was the Mad Backer. People know me for can't wait, but everybody else know me as the Mad Backer because I was always fucking fighting. You know what I'm saying? So like uh you know I remember Dion like Dion got a. a I got an autograph uh, jersey in my in my basement from Dion. It said "Bark Quick Cussing." Like, yo, why are you so bad? Like, you need therapy. Like, fuck you, Dion. But anyway, <laughs> so like, I'm coming on the field. I'm talking shit. I'm fighting. I'm on special teams. And Warren Sapp touched me by my shoulder and turned me around. I was like, who the fuck are you? Oh, motherfucker! So disrespectful, man. I start listen. I start knocking motherfuckers out on that field. And it was special. I was just knocking motherfuckers out for, for standing around. You stand around for knocking your ass out. Every time this fat ass came on the field, I was like, motherfucker, that's who the fuck I am, you fat fuck. It got to the point so bad where he wouldn't even listen. He wouldn't even look at me. He would just come out and walk backwards. So I couldn't turn love shit it. up. Fuck you. Your fat ass hear me, bitch. Fuck you, motherfucker. Bart, I'm I love you, man. I love you. Sap is not the most popular guy here in the tank. So that, that's a no. great story to hear. That's okay. <laughs> listen, I'm an equal opportunist asshole. I'm going to fuck who you is. I'm I got smoke for anybody. I fight anybody. I don't give a fuck. So, so, so dial it back to then how did – so where did you and JT connect in this? You know, because he had sat yeah, well, no, no, yeah, but no, game recognized game. JT's a nice guy, man. He's like – we used to call him Xerxes. You know, all he had to do was pierce his nipples and shit. He'd be Xerxes, fake, fake uh, Boris Cujo or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's just a good guy, man. You know what I'm saying? Listen, listen, we understood. Like, he was brought in for a reason. You know what I'm saying? He was brought in. To kind of help us win, he's such a professional. You know what I mean? He's a role model to to, to guys that we we inspire, aspire to be him. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy that wasn't given anything as well, and he's a guy that really don't fit the bill of greatness. I remember playing with uh, you know being coached by Mike Singletary, he's my linebacker coach, and he told me one thing. He said, "Listen, greatness comes in every shape and size." And JT was a testament to that because he wasn't your your prototypical 280 pound defensive end. He was an undersized guy that was about that action, about that smoke. And if you're a great defensive player and you're about that action, and, and I always consider myself a Raven because that's where I was created, you know what I'm saying? I got respect for you if you play the game the right way. Watching him in his battles with Jonathan Ogden, the fact that I've never seen anybody beat Jonathan Ogden, that he gave Jonathan problems, you know what I mean? To me, that's instant yeah. respect off the gate. Man, oh, man. Yeah. You know, another one of our uh, a former Dolphin turned one of your teammates, Larry Izzo. You know? And we had Izzo in the tank of, you know, recently and – as you know, he's a, he's a special kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially with, you know, like you go big. Woody Harrison. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, boy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> and with both you guys being linebackers, I mean, there's got to be some. There's no way you don't have a great or favorite Izzo story for us. Got to have something with Izzo. Uh, Izzo was crazy. He damn near ended up being a coach, man. He was all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I think I played with Izzo <laughs> my first year. You know what's crazy? <laughs> Shit goes by so fucking fast, bro. Shit goes by. Like, I think when it, when I was playing on it, he was still being held together by, like, duct tape and shit. He had been through so many fucking ISOs and shit, man. You know, he was, you know those guys, and I started off as special guys. Screws aren't too tight anyway. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Izzo's all jacking with Mountain Dew. And it's like one of those things, right? Sometimes when you're in the same competition with people for certain awards, you know, you're like, man, how the hell does this, this motherfucker go to the Pro Bowl every year? Man, this motherfucker ain't shit. Hey, fuck this slow motherfucker, like, running down here, short, curly hair and shit like that. <laughs> you know, no athleticism and shit like this. Knee, knee brace on, you know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, you, you, you get to see it up close and you get a greater appreciation for his skill set and just his will and desire, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I went from being, like, an Izzo hater, you know what I mean, when we were, like, you know, competing against each other. And I'm like, man, I'm a better special team player than, than him. And, but, you know, he bought into it and he accepted who he was early on. And Rex, you know, did what Rex does. He finds out what people does do well. And he, he puts him in, in, in positions to be successful. And, and Larry was no different. You know what I mean? He was a joy to be with. You know I mean? I wasn't surprised to see him become a coach later on. I don't know what he's doing now. Is he still a coach? Yep. He's in Seattle. Seattle. Well, you know what? I mean, when you think about it, you go down. I mean, I forget I forget the uh, Slate, Slayton, Benny Thompson, Benny Thomas, Thompson, Benny Thompson. Uh, you think about uh, Metcalf. You think about, like, you know, you think about, of course, uh, the, the guy up there in um, Buffalo. Tasker. Tasker. You know what I mean, yeah. like, like, like you, you think and you get a greater appreciation. Now, I know they're trying to eliminate like the, the special team aces as they phase out the kickoff and, you know, you can't have wedges and certain things. But, you know, I think, you know, Larry was one of the last of a dying breed. You know what I mean? I remember Harold Morrow. It used to be guys that made their way in the league and they look up and it's 10, 15 years in the league or, or, or 10 or, you know, five, 10 years in the league and it's all on special teams and yeah, they were simple. Uh, they were selfless. Yeah, they were selfless, selfless players, you know what I mean? And, you know, these guys weren't born, they were built. You know what I mean? Special team guys aren't, aren't born to be great football players. They're built. They're self-motivated. They're hardworking. And that's what Izzo was, man. He was a joy to be around. That's awesome. Hey, Bart, um, I, I'm going to jump in the next question real quick. But you're, we still have you, but we lost your video. But you still can hear me? You lost my video again? Yeah, yeah. But but we can just roll. I, I guess if you've got to get – if you've got to move pretty soon, we've got like one or two questions so we can get through. All right, let me get through I, I can just give y'all my JT story. You know what I mean? The last time I played against him when he went back to the dark side. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, me, you know, we just went to an AFC championship. You know, JT had a, the, the game of his life, man. You know what I'm saying? He kind of turned the clock back. You know, had a tremendous season, and you know, we, we wish he would have stayed, but you know, salary cap and money and stuff. So he decided to go back to Miami, the dark side, and. You know, at that time, I think after that, that was the season that uh, – uh, you know what? That was the San Antonio Imposing season, I believe, right? The, the year after can't wait, we didn't go to the playoffs. We finished 8-8. Eight eight, we had to win. But it was like one of those things where I had to be on special teams, me and Dave, because, like, you know, everybody who knows uh, – who knows uh, – man, what's the old coach uh, – special team coach name? I can't think of his name. Uh, Westoff. Right Westoff, yeah, Westy. Yeah. So anybody, anybody knows Westy. First of all, Westy's full of shit, right? Love Westoff. <laughs> Westoff told us that he created the onside kick. Say, motherfucker. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we had to go back to like the 1800s or something like the early 1900s and show the first onside kick. He he would uh, – you you let him tell it. He was the reason that the Dolphins were so successful, not, not, uh, not shooting. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, Wesley, come on, man. You created the special – you created the onside kick, man. 
Like, man, come on, Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> he started that. Hey, actually, man. he started it. What he did, Bart, he started that big bounce that Lindo Mara used to do. That, you know, big hop. Well, they drive it into the oh, ground. Yeah, driving right? into the okay. ground. Well, 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 listen, well, say that. Say that. <laughs> Don't say you created a damn onside kick, man. Say you create. That's like that's like that's like James Harden said he created the Euro step. We, we'll take that. Don't say you create. Don't say you created the layup. Right. Like that's a big difference. You created a technique. You didn't create the whole right, damn right, rule. Right. That's oh, right. I love it. That's right. I love like, it. So so like so like Wesley like all about the special team. So he knew I come from the special team background. He's like Bart, man. Listen, I need. I'm gonna need you on some of these major like punch man he's like because they leave in a defensive uh they leave they leave in a uh they defensive stay out there man they got jason out there dns i need my best guy so me and david harris got to go on special team so like we know we about to you know it's like nobody cares like nobody going nowhere and jt could bring his little, little ass out here his little bright white tea whatever smile bright white tea he bring out there and shit you know what i'm saying look like he fresh from the dead <laughs> like and it's like motherfuckers out there like man what the fuck like, man, they got they got a hundred million dollars on the left side of the punt team. Like, look, fuck y'all. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, JT, this is your last game of your career. We're gonna watch your little bullshit video. You don't want to have fucking surgery, JT, and be going to offseason, going into uh, post retirement. Because you come here with that bullshit, I'm gonna cut the fuck out of your kneecap. So you come, listen, you come, you come off with that bullshit, JT. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to knock your kneecap off, man. So you better we do this the easy way or the hard way. I was like, come on, JT. You better what stop did he take? We'll watch it. Huh? What did he choose? Oh, the easy way. He's like, they brother in law. They brother in law, Seth. They had the brother in law. Yeah, yeah, like, fuck that. Like, we, like me and David, we love you, JT, but me and David will high load the shit out of you, and you'll be, you'll be doing fucking rehab your first month into retirement. <laughs> he said, I'll pass. Yeah, he, he waited. He almost returned that damn fumble for a touchdown. He almost returned it. That's hilarious. I know. Man. But that oh. little baby neck roll they always have, you know, he was in fact he had a fucking baby neck roll on his little skinny ass neck. Oh, it's too good. There it is. Drive it home, Bart. There it is. Oh, he can't see. He can't Never see. It. He can't see it, Preach. So look, I know you gotta get out of here, Bart, and I know that we've uh we've been through a lot to make this thing happen. But there's no way that we could have you on a podcast and you alluded to it earlier. We can't let you go without two words that have become more synonymous with you than your own name, and that's can't wait. So <laughs> no doubt, man. how spontaneous was that? Like, like, was that some planned shit? How spontaneous was it? And did you have any idea it would become what it became? You got me? Uh, yeah, did you hear us? Yeah, yeah, I, I got the question, but it's, going, it's about to die. So I'll tell you what, you're talking about can't wait. Yeah. You're talking oh, about, I went, okay. I went full, I went full Tropic Thunder on that joint. No, no, hold on, hold on. Okay. You can hear me. You can hear me through the phone. You can't hear me through my. Correct. Yeah. This is just one of those like we've been getting our ass kicked all game, but we're holding a one point <laughs> lead in the fucking finish line. We're watching the clock. <laughs> we just gotta got to get me. there. We got you. Yep. This shit's gonna sound so smooth though. It's gonna sound like you know. <laughs> it's gonna be one of like. There it is. You. Perfect, man. Just jump into it. All right, cool. I, you know, you were asking me about can't wait. Like, did I plan it out? First of all, nobody plans to beat the Patriots, right? Especially in Gillette during the playoffs. Right. You know, but it's like one of those instant moments where it was just like, I was just, you know, because we had got our ass kicked like three weeks before. And, and what, what, I, what we always hated is people act like we didn't beat the Patriots in the regular season. We had beat them the first game, you know, and they beat us the second game. And it's like always about matchups and who has the best game plan. And every once in a while, Bill has wrinkles and Rex has wrinkles and the adjuster just to the adjustment. And, you know, that's what happens when you have two great defensive minds and a, and a great offensive mind and defensive mind on both sides. You know, it was like they're playing chess. And, you know, we, we had a game plan and we did something that we knew that they didn't think we were going to play. We were a 
aggressive man-to-man team that took advantage of that and ran a lot of pick front routes and things like that, forcing people to communicate with motion. So we decided to play zone the entire game, which is something unique that we never did. And we're able to, you know, get the upper hand, which is something rare when you think about doing that, especially in Gillette. And I was full of Tropic Thunder, man. I was just beside myself, man. I blanked out. And actually, when South Powell saw me, I was over there cussing out the mascot. I was trying to whoop the mascot ass. You know what I mean? Because he was over there. He's like, he, you, you can't see his face, but you can know what he's thinking. You know what his manner is. Hey, somebody told him Richie Incognito was in that suit. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to knock that fucking chin off looking like the tick. You know, looking like Ben Affleck. You know what I'm saying? That big-ass chin. So it was like one of those things where Sal saw me kind of going going Tropic Thunder, and, you know, he did a masterful job and just kind of set me up. And where the whole can't wait came is, you know what I mean, I was kind of elaborating on kind of how I felt, getting it off my chest. And in typical style form, he's probably getting to wrap it up from um, from right. ESPN. But who the hell would wrap something up when I'm spitting hot fire like that? I'm spitting that guideline <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, wasn't like that was a, it, wasn't, it wasn't like it was some boring thing. I was pretty much telling <laughs> telling everybody, fuck the Patriots, that they defense soft and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And you won't rap me? Right. You gonna rap me in the middle of my city? So if somebody, if you're talking and somebody's like, "All right, I gotta go," you're like, "Fuck you!" Right? So like in my head, you know what I'm saying? In my head, I'm like, "What? I'm gonna like see you in Pittsburgh when you finish talking." Fuck, can't wait, motherfucker! All right, peace, <laughs> Deuces, motherfucker. Bye. You fucking ask to talk to me. You ask to talk to me and tell me to wrap it up. You wrap it up, motherfucker. <laughs> Then but I had to listen, you know what I mean? I had to listen all, you know, you know, like whenever you well, got hey, Bart, I'm that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love it. I love like, it. Don't be, don't be, rap, don't be rapping me because now you got to go dry the mask to your wife because you fucked up. <laughs> it's like one of those things, man, like where, like, you you, you know, when you're the underdog and, and people disrespecting you and saying you got no shot, you know, you listen to that shit all, all damn day because it's a night game. So you listen right. to all the pregame shows. And I remember Tom Jackson and shit, like, man. And Tom Jackson, my guy, he wore 57. He was like a little, little engine that could. Well, I'm looking at him like, man, like, man, fuck you, motherfucker. You <laughs> sitting up here talking that shit, man. Spinning, who the hell, no That's why I was like, man, way to have our back, Keyshawn. Fuck you, Tom, basically. Right. Yeah, right. all that. <laughs> all that. Juice, you like the line about they couldn't stop what now? They couldn't stop, couldn't stop a nosebleed? Oh man, man! The defense can't stop a nosebleed. Oh, that's too good. I was, I was trying good. to be disres—I was trying to be disrespectful, man, because like they talk stuff about our defense. We rank number three. Right. The so fuck are these right. dudes? If I had a quarterback like Tom Brady, I'd be my my record. My I'll be so deep in the record books that nobody'd be able to break that shit. They, the eighty-five Bears and the two thousand Ravens would be able to break it if I had a cut. You ain't even got to be on the damn field. Right. You, 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 after the first quarter, the team is in a in a in a one sided got to throw the ball fucking way. And y'all want to give them credit. We, Fourteen yeah, nothing yeah, all the, automatically a lot of times. Exactly. So you you looking at that? I'm working with Mark Sanchez. Bless God, bless him. You know what I'm saying? But you know he's trying to figure the shit out. Like you, what you talking about for us to be third without a premier Pro Bowl quarterback? That shit's amazing. Fuck y'all. Fuck you talking about? Can't wait. I love it. We but can't stop nobody. Know- the fuck y'all going Stop. If y'all had this quarterback, you motherfuckers would be goddamn laughing stock in the goddamn fucking NFL. Reason so that really reason just... defense so good because you motherfuckers never on the fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> so it came out of the mad backer Detroit, fuck you, don't disrespect me. But then oh, it yeah. became this thing, right? I mean, you know, how how quickly did you realize, oh, I'm, I got to ride this? Man, I thought I was going to ride it if we would have beat, if, if Schottenheimer dumbass 
don't and fucking run the ball on the, on a one yard line with the fattest tailback in history and Sean Green instead of trying to be cute and throw slants twice and give it to LT who couldn't jump no more. We would have been in the Super Bowl and JT would have been able to ride off to the sunset like Shane with a title because we'd have kicked the uh, Packers' ass. We had held the Packers to nine points early in the season. Wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess it wasn't bad, Mark. The Packers didn't want no smoke. They knew that because we had got better offensively. We held them to three field goals. And one of them was because our dumbass punter thought that it was uh, – he, 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 he used to do this thing. Steve Weatherford used to drop the ball on purpose so he could try and show how athletic he was. You know, everybody see how cut up he is now, stuff like that, bodybuilder, Donnie. But he was a decathlete. So he's thinking like, oh, he dropped the ball. And he runs uh, – he runs like 15 yards. And he gets up, and he thinks he's got a first down. This motherfucker don't realize he's 10 yards short. He's just at the beginning of the fucking marker <laughs> because you're a punter. You're a punter. You're seven yards back. So before you get to the line of scrimmage, that's seven yards. It was like third and 15. So he ran like 12 yards and thought he had a first down. Start pointing like first down. Like, no, dumbass. First down this way, fucking Aaron Rodgers. And they kicked the field goal. They got the ball on the 48-yard line. Not that you're bothered by it, but so so the anger had to subside, and now you know I go to your Twitter handle. It's hashtag can't wait. So like you know, you, you, at some point you realize there's a marketing opportunity. Well, I mean, I think I think anybody like uh, the timeout by Weber, I mean by Weber. First of all, Richard Sherman tried to swagger jack my shit. It didn't come off authentic because he did that same interview twice. He's trying to be me. It's only be one original. I said that shit with my chest. That shit with his shit was it was made up. My shit was from the, from the fucking chest. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's why people fuck with it because they know that that shit was original. On that note, man, I know you got somewhere to be. We really appreciate you taking the yeah, time. It was uh, I, I can't think of a better guy, Juice, to be the first non-dolphin to dive into the tank. Uh, and I don't perfect. know if anybody else perfect, will ever live up to it. I couldn't wait. So. Oh, oh, that's ten cent. I own that shit. <laughs> Pay that man. Pay that oh, man his money. Juice, you my guy, man. It's all good. You can use it freely. You won't man, that was great, man. I, I lost my mind when I saw that live, man. I lost my mind, Bart. You have no idea, man. That dude there. You still want to play another four quarters, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I was just getting warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, man. Well, Bart, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, even in, I hope things get cleaned up there in your, in your home state and you can get yeah. some internet back and don't have to drive into the city to work anymore. But uh, thank you for, for being a part of this. All good, man. You get the match of the kids. I want you to see your ass. Get your ass. Yeah, I, I got to get rolling. Hey, thanks for diving in, Bart. All good, bro. To all the non-believers. How did that? To all the non-believers. Especially you, Tom Jackson. Way to have our back, Keyshawn. Anybody can be beat. So how did that just feel? Felt great. Poetic justice. Hey, thank you. Thanks a lot. We know man. we are a much better team than we came up and represented ourselves. Oh, thank you. And we were we're pissed off. We was ready to come back and show what kind of defense, what kind of team this was, what kind of character we had. We take a lot of slack. People gave us no chance. Like, we barely made it in the playoffs. We're a good football team. It looks like this team played with anger all day. Why, Bart? For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. All we hear is about their defense. They can't stop a nosebleed. 25th in the league, and we the one to get disrespected. Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. <laughs> That's great, That's man. So good. <laughs> oh, so good. You're so now good. diving into the fish tank.
sitting down with Seth living. Seth. OJ, Juice, man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Big or cry hard, leave it all on the field. We gon' try hard, old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie, bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to die. In. Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fins And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fins You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in, in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rapping with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank Don't ever add a token, but it never been a gift.